2: We are pleased to bring you this program on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world.
3: Welcome to Living a Course in Miracles, Walking the Talk, with Rev. Jennifer Hadley a beloved teacher of the Course who has helped thousands learn how to express their beliefs from moment to moment in their everyday lives. Get ready to focus on your intent to be the love, be the peace, through practical application. Here is your host, Rev. Jennifer Hadley. Hello.
4: Hello, beautiful. That's how I introduce most things. Hello, beautiful because we're all beautiful. (laughs) That's our true nature. And this is our premiere episode, and I'm so excited because we're going to have Gary Renard on the show. And Gary Renard is a a dear friend, and he's also uh, an amazing person, a wonderful teacher, and a beloved author. And I'll be introducing him in a little bit. But for those of you who are core students, you hopefully, know well that Gary Renard wrote that wonderful book, Disappearance of the Universe. Now, I say all the time that A Course in Miracles is my favorite book, and Disappearance of the Universe is the most important book I ever read because it gave me an enthusiasm for A Course in Miracles that I didn't have when I initially came to the Course itself, And I'm I'm one of those people that when I first started reading A Course in Miracles, it felt like dessert to me. It just felt super yummy. And uh, I, I was a theater major in college, and I've always loved Shakespeare. I worked at the New York Shakespeare Festival for a long time, and I'm a big Shakespeare fan since I was a little girl even. And so the iambic pentameter and the language of it always felt so familiar and and sweet to me and i loved that about a course in miracles but in disappearance of the universe gary renard arton and persa they reveal to us things that feel hidden in a course of miracles so disappearance brings to to my attention, to our attention, how we can actually live the course. And that's what this radio show is about. That's what I'm dedicated to, actually living and applying the teachings. So one thing I'd like to share with you about me is I love to pray. I absolutely love to pray because for me, prayer is when I'm saying I'm going to really focus right now on my communion with the Spirit. I'm going to bring my mind fully to my heart and connect heart and mind and become totally congruent with love. So let's dive in with a prayer. I know it's unusual perhaps to start a radio show with a prayer, but let's do that right now. So I invite you to place your hand on your heart and to take a breath of gratitude. So we're literally breathing in love breathing out gratitude, and we're so grateful and so thankful right now that we can invoke into our awareness the higher self, the holy self, the holy spirit self. We're invoking into our mind right now an awareness of our divinity and the divinity of all life. We're invoking divine grace into our life, into our awareness, into every nook and cranny of our being. So grateful and so thankful to partner up with the Holy Spirit and to give the Holy Spirit the heavy lifting of all judgments, opinions, all regrets and resentments, all blame and shame, all doubt and worry. What I know for Gary and myself in this radio show, that we are the living, loving voice of God, the mind of God revealing itself. And so we're in tune with the infinite. This is what I know for all of us that our whole life is evidence of God's love. So we're grateful and thankful right now to allow it to be, to know that it's done, and to say, and so it is, Amen. Amen, Amen. <sighs> Doesn't that feel better? <laughs> I know it does for me. And Marcy Shimoff taught me that piece about placing my hand on my heart. So I did a... a Tell a teleclass called Living a Course in Miracles, and you can learn more about that at livingacourseinmiracles.com. Gary Renard was one of the teachers. It was an eight-week class, and we we're getting ready to do the next one. And again, you can find out about it at livingacourseinmiracles.com. And Marcy Scheimoff was one of the teachers last time, and she was sharing some of the things that she learned in writing her book, Love for No Reason and one of the things is that she got from the HeartMath Institute people, placing your hand on your heart and holding it there, tuning into the heart for just 90 seconds, will literally boost your immune system for six hours. And at the same time, it's so helpful to be aware, if you get angry or upset, it will literally depress your immune system for six hours. And I would add to that that it would... Being angry and upset would depress your immune system for six hours unless you call yourself back into your heart. And I love putting my hand on my heart as a way of tuning in and consciously reminding myself that I'm a heart-centered person and my life is a life of love. So I give you that. I share that with you that if you're feeling upset, if you're feeling distressed... And you'd like to partner up with the Holy Spirit, the higher self, the holy self, because it's all one. Divinity is all one. If you'd like to reconnect, just place your hand on your heart and take a breath of gratitude. And for me, that first breath of gratitude is simply that I remembered to be grateful. I'm grateful to be grateful. And... These little practices are, are how we live A Course of Miracles, because it's one thing to read the book, it's one thing to read Disappearance, it's one thing to listen to Gary and myself, and it's a whole nother thing to get into where the rubber meets the road, in the upsets, in the challenges, in the, the difficulties that we experience every day. So having the, the little places where we can remember to remember. That our life is a spiritual practice, that spiritual practice is not something we do for five minutes or an hour or whatever, a lot of time per day. Our spiritual practice is our whole life, our whole life. And as I've been training myself to do this through all the years and years of spiritual study and seeking and spiritual practice, I have found myself, I wake up in the middle of the night and I'm already in prayer. I was praying in my dreams. <laughs> so we can be that person who learns how to live in that prayer without ceasing. It it takes our, our willingness, our little willingness is all that's required, and putting our attention on it, which I call cultivating the desire. So we're grateful. So grateful that we can indeed live a life of love. (sighs) Another breath of gratitude. And so I'm going to introduce Gary here and bring him into our conversation. So for those of you who don't know, because sometimes people can be really into A Course of Miracles or just found A Course of Miracles and they haven't yet discovered the disappearance of the universe. And This is Gary's first book, The Disappearance of the Universe. It is a powerful book. I always tell new course students, start with the teacher's manual and start with Disappearance of the Universe. He so beautifully explains to us in this book what what the course is all about and how to practically apply it to our lives. And that's what Gary's whole life is about. And I think that's why we found each other and why we enjoy each other and why we're such good friends so, let's let's bring him in. Gary, are you there?
0: Hey Jennifer, how are you doing?
4: I'm good, and I want to say thank you because Gary and I are in Los Angeles, so it's 8 a.m., and that's not a time that Gary is usually speaking. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that is true. Uh, you really know how to hurt an old musician by getting me up at 8 a.m. to do an, an interview. You really do. <laughs>
4: Well, I know that... I
0: I, I will say a couple of things, Jennifer. Uh, First of all, uh, Jennifer, for those of you who don't know, is probably my favorite reverend in the world because she's just so real, you know, she's just so true, and so many people feel that way about her. And uh, then on top of that, uh, she understands the Course in Miracles, and I appreciate that. And then... When you started out, I I can't believe that you were talking about the heart because I do that every night, and I never discussed this with you. I never said this. I put my hand on my heart every night before I go to bed, before I go to sleep. And I used to have uh, what you would call arrhythmia, you know, this unusual heartbeat where it doesn't really beat that true. And then after, you know, a few months of doing that, It went away. I actually healed my cardiac arrhythmia simply by putting my heart uh, in my hand, literally, and it actually went away. So uh, I want you to know that uh, I can't believe that you were talking about that because you and I have never discussed this. And I actually did that.
4: So, do you think that that boosting your immune system that way or or setting that intention, if you will, to be in your sleep time, focused in the heart, that that contributed to your healing?
0: Absolutely. I, I think that the power of the mind is so strong that if you focus on a certain area of the body with the mind, that you can actually heal it.
4: Now you know one of the the main course topics is the healing is always at the level of the mind so yes. maybe you can share a little bit for folks who are thinking gosh i have a health issue maybe i could do that how would that work for me why would that work for me what what would you say to them
0: well i think that if you focus uh your mind on a certain area of the body, then what's going on is that you start to realize that your body is actually a projection that is coming from the mind. So it's like you start to get in touch with the cause instead of the effect. People think that the body is the cause, and it's not. It's the mind that is the cause, and the body is just an effect. So if you think of the body as a projection, then you can start to get in touch with your power, because then you realize that, wow, uh, any pain that you feel, any sickness that you feel is not in the body. It's actually in the mind. And the body is just a projection that is coming from the mind. And when you start to get in touch with that, now you're getting in touch with your power, where if, if it's the body that is real, then it's like uh, the tail wagging the dog, it's like uh, all of a sudden, oh, the body is powerful. Well, the body's not really the place where things are happening. The, the place where things are happening is in the mind. And when you get in touch with that, then you get in touch with your power.
4: This is the hardest thing, I think, for people to truly grasp. That if we were talking, we were when we were hanging out yesterday on on your sofa. We were talking about how people really resist that total responsibility. That every thought that they're thinking is going to produce form at some level, and illness is form at some level. So, being able to accept responsibility but not have any blame.
0: Well. Exactly. Uh, I do not want to imply any guilt here, because there is no guilt. Uh, we're totally innocent, every one of us is totally innocent. And that's really part of what you want to have going on in your mind, is the fact that you're innocent. If you say that you're guilty, then you're going to imply guilt, and then you're going to project that guilt onto your own body. But if you're totally innocent, it's a totally different story. So, uh, you know, it's like we have to get in touch with our innocence. We really do.
4: And sometimes, I mean, this is my, my thought around it, that there's a tendency, especially among new thought students, so unity is new thought, and I come from science of mind, which is new thought, and to me, Course in Miracles really is new thought, uh... People who come from these teachings, they can go to that place of, if I'm ill, I'm doing something wrong. There's something wrong. Instead of, if I'm ill, this is a, a call for love. And it's not that I'm doing something wrong per se. I don't need to think about it that way. All I need to do is apply love because love is the healer.
0: Yeah. Well, you know, Jennifer, I don't think that people should feel that they created their sickness because of the thoughts that they were having here. They actually decided to be sick before they ever came here. It's like their whole lives were set up before they ever came here, and now they want to beat themselves up and think that they're guilty because they were having all these terrible thoughts that made them sick, and that's simply not true. Uh... You know, it's like my father died when he was 60 years old, not because he was having these terrible thoughts. It was all set up before he came here. And what we need to do is not change what's happening. What we need to do is change the way that we're looking at it. We need to change the way that we're thinking about it. Because if we do that, then we can start thinking with the Holy Spirit instead of thinking with the ego.
4: So, if we're in the victim mind, we'll be looking at the past life karma, the past life experience, the the stuff that we brought in to heal, we'll look at it as though we're a victim of our past incarnations. But if we can look at our life and we realize that, oh, love is the healer, I am created in and out of love. And so, the opportunity I have is to be a healing presence in my own life, then we can unwind that victim, which, which is really just more part of, uh, to me, past life karma.
0: Well, you know, I'm really glad that you said that because uh, it's like A Course Miracle says, it says, I'm not a victim of the world I see. Uh, we can start to get in touch with the fact that we have power. We're not victims. And if you can do that, then you can start to get into a place where you can say, look, all of this is my creation. It's like the Course says, uh, you know, salvation comes from me. It doesn't come from somebody else. It doesn't come from Jesus, even though I love Jesus very much. Uh, it, it comes from you. You have to be like him. He, he's like, uh, to me, the Jesus of the Course of Miracles is pointing us in the right direction. Yes. Like, he's saying, look, this is what worked for me. Maybe you should check it out. You know, maybe you should try it. And if you try it, maybe it'll work for you. And it's not the only way. You know, this is not a religion. I'm I'm not into proselytizing. I don't tell people that uh, this is the only way. It's not the only way. But I say, look, uh, this is Jesus, and he's saying that if you check this out... You know, maybe it'll give you power. And that's what I try to do. I try to put people in touch with the Holy Spirit. I never try to tell people what to do. Hey, you know, Gary? Not, not my job, yeah.
4: We're going to go to break here, and I want to give people the number to call in and ask us a question. So the number is 888- so hold that thought Gary and we'll come back in just two minutes
3: Attention, Spirit Seekers! Have you seen the new Unity Magazine? It has a bold, fresh look and is filled with content to support you on every step of your spiritual journey. Each bi-monthly issue of Unity Magazine is read by people like you who are seeking answers to spiritual questions about relationships, meditation, divine potential, and more. Inside, you will find a wealth of news from the Unity Movement, inspirational articles, reviews on the latest spiritual books, and interviews with renowned spiritual teachers. To subscribe to Unity Magazine, go to www.unitymagazine.org. Unity Magazine is also available in most Unity Church bookstores. Join us as we discover the leading edge of Unity Thought, expand our consciousness, and experience a greater oneness with Spirit.
1: Jesus taught us that it is our Divine Creator's great pleasure to give us the kingdom of limitless good. We are all heirs to incredible abundance, and yet many people right now are stuck and struggling in a place of lack. How do we walk the walk and experience vibrant health, profound love, limitless wealth, and overflowing joy in the midst of a world consciousness of lack and separation? Each week, you will learn powerful and practical tools to experience greater abundance in every area of your life. Hear from experts and visionaries that are living examples of sacred abundance and have your questions about prosperity answered from a spiritual perspective. Join Reverend Robin Ryder live every Wednesday at 10 a.m. Central Time on Sacred Abundance only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world.
3: Thank you for tuning in for Living a Course in Miracles, Walking the Talk. Here is your host, Rev. Jennifer Hadley.
4: Hello, beautiful. We're back. We're with Gary Renard, and we are talking about healing. So our we had announced the topic was relationships, and believe me, there's hardly a relationship that couldn't use some healing. I'm sure we'll get to that, but we've been talking about healing the physical, and we're going to take a call. So, Michael is there? Michael, you're calling from the Los Angeles area.
1: Yes, I'm in Southern California. And you have a question? And, uh, wow, I'm I'm floored about where the show has is, has gone. Um, um, so I'm delighted that, that 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 we're talking about healing the physical. And my question is this: I've recently come to a kind of a place in my prayerful practice where after many years, I'm, I'm 48 years old and I, I have a physical condition that's in my family. My father had it, my brother had it. It's, it's a, an immune thing. It's called common variable immune deficiency and it results in chronic sort of belly infections. I have chronic all my life have battled with, you know, sort of uh, lower belly uh, infections. It's mild. It's like I have a lot of diarrhea and and, and some fatigue when that flares up. And I've always had it. And I've always just assumed that this was the way it was going to be because it was genetic. And I had a, a healer friend of mine point out that there was some, like, victim mentality in that. If I believed that I had something that came to me through my genes and that there was no way around it, that that was a kind of a victim perspective. And I suddenly said, well, geez, maybe I can use my <laughs> prayerfulness to heal this. And one of the things that I bumped up against in, in trying to turn my willingness into a willingness to heal this, and it's funny, one of the things I've been doing intuitively is putting one hand on my heart and the other hand on my belly
4: I was going to suggest that beautiful so
1: that that was that 's just something that I started doing in the last week but here 's here's my question. The question is this: when I start to get motivated to turn towards healing different elements of my experience, I begin to feel like there just isn 't enough time in my prayerfulness to focus on everything. Am I supposed to sit in my practice and heal the belly and heal the relationship stuff and heal the reactivity stuff and heal the enthusiasm for my work and my writer's block stuff? I just sort of feel fractured. And then I want shortcuts. Like if I just heal coming from my heart at all times, shouldn't that just take care of everything?
3: Yes. Yeah.
4: (laughs) So so next caller. Um, (laughs)
3: <laughs> you know i
1: know my you, belief tells can... me that yes i should be able to heal everything just by connecting to my heart but then my negative head speaks as oh but if you don't you know if you don't address everything it'll yeah
4: yeah so that's what you're healing but, gary what, what do you want to share
0: i just wanted to add one thing michael uh when you put your hand on your heart and your belly don't forget the holy spirit uh Picture the white light of the Holy Spirit coming into your mind, into your heart, into your belly, and think of it as being a really bright light of this Holy Spirit because now you're connected. Now you're joined. You you can't do this on your own. You have to join with the Holy Spirit and if you do that, now you're connected with a higher power. Now you're connected with something that is bigger. Than yourself, and when I do that, when I allow the bright light of the Holy Spirit to come into me, it, it's a different world. You know, it's, it's something that is beyond me that really means a lot to me, and it really makes a difference. So I would highly recommend that.
1: That's beautiful. What I what I get from that is is that the voice that tells me. Oh, I've got to attend to everything. Is the voice that would say that I'm doing the healing? Right. So I would better not forget about this and that, and this and that, and this and that. But but that's just my human ego voice. That's right. and you if know. If we do, if we me, do not with not the Holy
0: Spirit. If we do it with the Holy Spirit, it's it's like a, a different dimension. It's like right. something beyond ourselves. And we need that because we can't heal ourselves. It's like, can a sick mind heal itself? The answer is no. But if we have something bigger than ourselves to heal us, then it's possible. Right.
1: Cool.
4: And and. Um, in bringing in that white light, what what I do is bring it in through the top of the head, so the crown chakra, and bring it in, fill the whole head, and then into the neck, and into the torso, filling the whole body and all the main seven chakras, and then send it right down through into the earth and share it with the earth and all the many beings of the earth. So we actually then are sharing the healing and sharing the benefits of our healing with everyone which helps us remember that we're one with everyone and when we're consciously remembering that we're one with everyone we are healing illness because we're all illness is a byproduct of some sense of separation in some way so that's why the the Constantly going back to the oneness of all life and cultivating the willingness to truly understand the oneness of all life is, is going to heal everything. You know, and you remind well, me too. <laughs> you remind me too that when I first started taking classes at Agape in the 90s, mid 90s, and I was uh, taking classes knowing that I was planning on becoming a licensed practitioner and then probably going into ministerial school, which I did both of those, Um, when I first started taking the classes at Agape and they were teaching us the five stages of prayer treatment and I was learning about prayer, uh, what I came to immediately was the highest aspiration I can have is to have a full and total realization of the Christ consciousness. That, Because that is my true nature and obliterating any sense that I'm not that is really what my life is about. So I started praying every day and I would do that even before I got out of bed in the morning. I trained myself that first thing in the mind is I would come into my awareness of, oh, here I am in the third dimension, human life. I would say my life is the life of God. I live as the Christ consciousness demonstrating love and compassion and non-judgment and forgiveness. And I started to just list the spiritual qualities that I wanted to be able to reveal that day in my life. And I'm so glad that I, st- I had the wisdom, because it's exactly what you're saying, Michael, that for me I had the thought, if I can have a full and total realization of the Christ consciousness, then everything else will be added unto me. It is that mm-hmm. seek first the kingdom. So you're, you're totally onto to it. And the ego mind will tell you that I don't yeah. have enough time to have a realization of the Christ consciousness. And that just binds you to time. And we are not yeah. time bound. That is an illusion. Time has no power. It's meaningless. It really is meaningless unless we give it meaning. If we want to be bound by time, then we'll think we don't have enough time. And we're healing the habit of being time-bound.
1: Yeah. just great. Well, thank you, both.
0: Well, thank you, Michael. And uh, I think that people can probably see why Reverend Jennifer is my favorite reverend in the world because (laughs) uh, of the way that she expresses herself. And I really do appreciate it. And, uh, you know, I... If I was going to add anything, I would say that I think that the voice of A Course in Miracles, to me personally, is uh, just something that amazes me. And uh, I really feel grateful for the Course because uh, I really would not be on the spiritual path that I'm on if it wasn't for the Course. And I think that Reverend Jennifer appreciates that also.
4: Yeah, I remember saying to you one night years ago, Gary, we were... Uh, I think, driving in the car, and I said, I love A Course of Miracles so much that I could literally tear the pages out and eat them. <laughs> because
1: it's, to me, so captures,
4: that. it so captures the voice of the Holy Spirit. You know, it's rare that you can find a text that has that level of clarity, that high vibrational clarity, that when you read it, it ignites that within you, which is vibrating at that same level. And there have been so many times that I have been sitting with A Course in Miracles and I just start sobbing with tears of gratitude because I feel like I have found my best friend again. And after feeling lost and feeling separated, I have found my best friend again.
0: Yeah, well... Jennifer, you appreciate Agape, and I appreciate Agape also, but you also have your own service that you should probably tell people about.
4: That's true. We, we have services on Sunday morning and, and, and Michael who just called in is a part of that. He's part of our wonderful musical team and we are called Project Service LA and you can learn about us at ProjectServiceLA.org but you can also learn about us through JenniferHadley.com which is my website so on the events page you can read about that there.
0: Well, and I, I highly recommend uh, people. Go to your service. In fact, Cindy and I—my wife Cindy—if you don't know, you know, maybe you're just getting to know me, and uh, you don't realize that I'm married to this wonderful woman named Cindy, who is a, a great musical artist as well as a, you know, counselor and and therapist, and you know, and uh, we've both been to, uh, you know, Jennifer's services on Sunday morning, and we've even done music there, and uh, we just love her. So I would highly recommend that.
4: Oh thank you Gary. We have a good time. We have a good time and the focus of our services on Sunday morning are non-judgment living in non-judgment and releasing the habits of fear. So we're we um I'm going to steer us back to the topic that of relationships and because for me uh I I did a Course in Miracles study group on the phone for four years, and relationship was the most popular topic. We talked about it over and over and over again. And uh, the relationships that we have constantly provide us with an opportunity to Walk our talk. And that's the focus of our radio show here. That's the, it's living a course in miracles, walking the talk. So, walking the talk in relationship, I think, is the hardest thing. And and including our relationship with ourselves, walking the talk. And so many spiritual seekers, so many spiritual students, they read the books, they read Disappearance. the universe, they read A Course in Miracles, Science of Mind. They re- read the Phil Moores and Emily Cady and all these wonderful, wonderful books. And they understand intellectually things like uh all healing is at the level of the mind. They understand that. And I have had Course in Miracles students say to me, I've been studying a Course in Miracles for thirty years and I don't think you understand it and then they proceed to uh attack me and and I just I I say, well, have you read the lesson, Love Holds No Grievances? And it's uh, in 30 years. (laughs) I know
0: it.
4: (laughs) In in 30 years, have you gotten to lesson 68? And so I I understand that even though we can study this material for years and years and years, sometimes the studying of it actually gets in the way of us living it because intellectually we think we know it. But if we're not applying it, then we don't really know it.
0: Well, Jennifer, uh, the most difficult thing for people to understand about A Course of Miracles is that the things that they don't like about other people are actually what the Course would call the secret sins and the hidden hates that they actually have about themselves. And that's the hardest thing to understand because people don't know that they're projecting. If they knew that they were projecting, they'd probably stop doing it but they don't know that they're projecting. They just think that they're right. You know, so I get these nasty emails like you from angry people who don't understand that they're projecting. And if they understood it, then they'd be doing A Course in Miracles because then they'd stop doing it and they'd start realizing, well, maybe I should start thinking with the Holy Spirit instead of thinking with the ego,
4: Yeah, it's, there is, there are, is a tendency, and I've done this myself. I have sat in a room, uh, not recently, but for years, I would sit in a room with a spiritual teacher, and I would think, well, they're not so spiritual. They're not so hot. And never, ever realizing that what I was doing with each and every one of those thoughts was I was creating more of a sense of separation in my own mind i was taking myself further away from the love of god as being experienced in my life in my being and i love you know love holds no grievances starts with you were her created by love like itself can hold no grievances and know yourself so we we don't if we're holding on to grievances we don't know ourselves so how can we know our brothers and sisters
0: well, that's a brilliant observation. And, uh, you know, I used to joke, it started out as a joke. I used to say, I could really do A Course in Miracles perfectly if I could just give up the world. <laughs> <laughs> and, and now I'm not joking. It's like, that's the only way that I can do A Course of Miracles perfectly, is I have to give up the world. And I don't know if I'm ready to do that. So it's kind of like a decision that you have to make.
4: It's true. I remember when I was applying to ministerial school, I I think it was maybe 2001 or 2002, and I was uh, doing a lot of contemplation and meditation in preparation for writing the essays and things that needed to be written for my application. And what came into my mind was that really I was on this track to purify, to cleanse and purify my mind. And this was before I discovered A Course in Miracles. And what came into my mind was, and and now I recognize it as the voice of the Holy Spirit or the voice of the higher self saying, what happens if you give up all your judgments and opinions and you don't recognize yourself? Who will you be? without your judgments and opinions and and maybe that was even the voice of the ego and what i saw was i was either going to choose to release all that attachment to my judgments and opinions and that as my identity I was going to release that and instead say, my identity is pure spirit. And if I am not able to recognize myself, if I just go up in a puff of smoke, if I just disappear into a ball of light, if I have to give up the sense of my own self in order to know God, so be it. And I remember that was just such a powerful, powerful, life-changing moment for me to say, I don't care. I don't need what separation offers anymore. So we're that at break time. <laughs> and and so we'll come back in just a couple minutes and we'll we'll hear more with Gary Renard.
1: Many people like myself desire more out of life. I want more out of my work my daily interactions, and my relationships, including my connection with the divine. So when I found Unity House's new book by the Reverend Dr. Thomas Shepard called Good Questions, a lot of things started making sense. Dear Tom, how can I believe in the integrity of God if I can't believe in my own integrity? From K.A. in Iowa. Dear K.A., God's goodness is independent of your highs and lows, but lighten up on yourself, my friend. Everybody has gloomy spells in their moral and spiritual life. Everyone makes mistakes. Self-doubt is endemic to the species Homo sapiens. People tend to doubt themselves and to be their own worst critics. All people fall short of their goals. In fact, that's one of the classic definitions of sin. But making mistakes, even really, really bad ones, does not define who you are. You are Imago Dei. The spiritual image and likeness of God, the divine spirit within, is your true identity, now and forever. Dr. Tom's an expert in metaphysical Christianity who is sometimes passionate, sometimes funny, but always ready to tackle the agonizing questions about life and our spiritual path. His book, Good Questions, Answering Letters from the Edge of Doubt, is a must-read for those of us who listen to his show here on Unity FM or read his column in Unity Magazine. Get your copy today online at unity.org and click on the shop link.
2: There is nothing more thrilling than feeling your direct connection with your source, your spirit. In those moments, you are soaring, knowing that you can
3: be, do, or have anything you want. But what do you do when real life hits you straight on?
4: Let's get real. This is practical spirituality for a busy, bustling world. Join us every Friday at noon Central Time for Everyday Attraction, where the law of attraction gets real, where we explore leading edge principles and break down the law of attraction so it works for you every day. When you are off the mountaintop, join us for this delicious exploration of attraction principles with your host, Ray Zander. So we're back. This is Reverend Jennifer Hadley, and my guest is Gary Renard. I'm going to invite you to call in and ask us a question. The number is 888-558-6489. 888-558-6489. And Gary Renard is the author of Disappearance of the Universe, which is the most important book I've ever read and I just love it. I love Gary. And we're we're gonna tune in more to relationships. And I know for you, Gary, your big introduction to A Course in Miracles came when you were living in Maine with your wife Karen and uh you had so many opportunities to practice in your relationship with Karen, your relationship with yourself, and your relationship with other Course of Miracles students in your study group. What was it you said to me yesterday about what Ken, Ken Wapnick said to you? He's our guest next week.
0: You know Ken? I'm just <laughs> kidding. Uh, actually, uh, I'm having lunch tomorrow with my former wife Karen and her boyfriend, Dave, and my current wife, Cindy, and I are actually having lunch with them tomorrow. And that is a miracle in itself. You know, not that I want to give physical things uh, any power, but, I mean, man, it's like without A Course of Miracles, that would not be possible. It would not be possible for me and my wife, former wife, and my current wife to get together And with her boyfriend, it's, like, impossible. But this is the kind of stuff that happens if you learn how to practice forgiveness. And uh, my former wife, Karen, has been doing the workbook with Ken Wapnick's Journey Through the Workbook, and she understands it, you know, so much more deeper than she would have, you know, without Ken. And now we're getting together, and it's like, I mean... Jesus, it's like incredible (laughs) that these kinds of things could actually happen. And the only way that it could possibly happen is through forgiveness. And I'm talking about the kind of forgiveness that you learn from A Course in Miracles, which is the kind of forgiveness where you're coming from a place of cause instead of effect. And it's just amazing.
4: Uh, Now, I remember us having dinner a couple of times when you were in the thick of your divorce proceedings with Karen. And I... I know it was one of the most challenging times of your life, but you were i remember too that you were so committed to living the teachings of a course in miracles and it was it was kicking your butt
0: oh it sure was yeah it was uh probably one of the biggest challenges of my life because we were we weren't just married for a little while we were married for like <laughs> twenty five years, yeah. You know, and and when you're with someone for 25 years, then all of a sudden uh, you split up. It's almost like the same process that you go through with the the death of a loved one. It's it's like you start out, maybe it starts out with anger, then hopefully, you know, it turns into uh, other phases, you know, and eventually, you know, it ends up with acceptance, but uh, it takes a while. And I think that uh, this happened with Karen and I. Instead of a period of years, it happened in, in a period of months. And after maybe three months, we were able to talk to each other as friends.
4: Now, how how long had you been married when you had that first experience of art and Persa? How long had you been married?
0: Well, that was 18 years ago. So we were married for about seven years at that time. And... uh well, maybe a little bit more. Uh, but it was like in Maine at a time when I did not want to be in Maine because I hated Maine, and Maine hated me. And so we both uh, had this mutual hate. And it was <laughs> like, you know, I, I didn't belong there, and it took me a while to figure out why I was there. And
4: and why Eventually, is that? Why I, were you there? I
0: figured out the reason I was there was because that's where Arden and person was supposed to show up.
4: Mm-hmm. You know, you and I lived in Maine at the same time because I was living there ninety, ninety one, ninety two, ninety
0: three, ninety four. I knew you were a maniac. Yeah. <laughs>
4: And for me, it was, in a certain way, just being there in the main woods and being out of the city, because you came from Boston, I came from Manhattan, and being there and having this more isolated, more uh, more time alone was, it was hugely healing for me spiritually, because I had to be with my thoughts so much more, because there were so many fewer distractions.
0: Yeah, I think that you and I went through a very uh, similar process. You know, when I went there from uh, the Boston area, the Boston area is very fast to me. It, it's like uh, trying to drive in Boston. It's like trying to drive in L.A. It's like crazy. Yeah, it is
3: crazy. And
0: I went, I went to Maine, and all of a sudden it was like slow and easy and laid back. And I really don't think that I could have had the conversations that I had with Art and Persa that you see in my first book, if I didn't go to Maine. I don't I don't think that, that those conversations could have happened in uh, Massachusetts. I think, you know, it's like uh, Maine is close to Massachusetts, maybe just an hour and a half drive, but it's a t- totally different world. It's like a completely different world. And uh, when I got up there and started to experience the slow life, that's the only way that I could have possibly had these conversations with my teachers.
4: Now, you 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 had that first conversation in December 91? 92. 92. And when did right. you first pick up A Course in Miracles? Because you hadn't heard of it before they told you about it.
0: No, they told me about it at the end of their second visit. And I went and I picked up my first copy, of <laughs> Course in Miracles, and I looked at it, and it might as well have been written in a foreign language. <laughs> it's a, it made absolutely no sense whatsoever to me. You know, it was like, I read it through as fast as I could, which mm-hmm. was the wrong way to do it, mm-hmm. and then I put it on my bookshelf, which so many people do, and After seven or eight visits, which took about a year, after seven or eight visits from my teachers, I went back and I looked at A Course in Miracles again, and it made sense to me. And I thought, oh my God, this made no sense to me before. Now it makes sense to me. And I started to get excited about it, because I realized that if it could do that for me, then it could do that probably for anybody So that's when I started to get turned on to the whole thing. In
4: in terms of relationship, how did you start to notice your relationship with yourself changing?
0: Well, I started to get in touch with with my innocence. And I've touched on this before, but it's like, wow, I'm not guilty. You know, I've really done nothing. I've done nothing wrong. And that is such freedom mm-hmm. to get in touch with your innocence and realize that you've done nothing wrong and that, wow, it's, it's, like, it's such a freeing kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. You know, so I think that, uh, in a way, the Course set me free because it, it made me realize that I've done nothing wrong, that I'm a good person. And I even actually, when I did the workbook, I started to actually feel physiological changes going on in my body. I actually started to get more healthy when I did the workbook. And it was like, wow, It's like this is powerful. I really think that the workbook of A Course in Miracles is the most powerful thing that I've ever done. Because it actually resulted in all these changes going on.
4: Right. And it's, it's not, it's really not anything else. It's you doing your work. It's me doing my work. That's what makes all the difference. Every thought produces form at some level. So for both of us, the form of our life has dramatically changed. Not because we moved things around in form, not because we did all of these things, but because we changed the way we think about our lives. So we both went from being, uh, I would say, you know, disappointed, angry, hostile, egotistical people who had a lot of resentments, you know, Maine hated you, you hated Maine, and to being felt, I mean, I know you do as I do, I feel loved all the time. And I see the opportunity to be loving all the time. And I used to see the opportunity to be loving. And I used to say so often, I don't feel like it. You know? I would feel the call to be loving. Uh, You know, I would hear the voice of the Holy Spirit of the higher self saying, you know, be compassionate, be loving here. And I think, I don't feel like it. They don't deserve it. And now what I know is, I deserve it. I deserve it. Everyone deserves it.
0: That's beautiful, Jennifer. You know, I I do have to add one thing. Uh, I used to hate Maine. (laughs) But I don't anymore.
4: I know you don't. I know you don't. I I
0: love me. Uh, I used to hate God. Right. When I was in my 20s and my father died, this uh, woman came up to me and said, Oh, your father's with God now and God's taking care of him. Do you know what I said to that very nice Christian woman? I said two words. The first word began with F.
4: Oh, and this is going to be your final thought. We are closing here,
0: so... Well, the second word was God. And you know what? Today, I think that I I can honestly say that I love God. And that's how I want to end this interview, because I want people to know that I really, really love God.
4: Thank you, Gary. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Well, I love you, and I love all our listeners. I love God. Thank you, everyone. Have a great week. We'll see you next week with Ken Wapnick. This has been Living a Course in Miracles, Walking the Talk with Reverend Jennifer Hadley.
3: For tuning in to Living A Course in Miracles Walking the Talk with Reverend Jennifer Hadley. Join us every Tuesday morning at 10 a.m. Central Time for more tools and insights into how to express your beliefs from moment to moment, every day, in every way. Living A Course in Miracles Walking the Talk, only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. This program is brought to you in part by JenniferHadley.com. Every day, in every way.
2: What is the secret to happiness? Why do bad things happen to good people? What is our purpose in life? What must I do to bring healing into my life? Join Reverend Paul Hasselbeck every Tuesday for a metaphysical romp. Explore fundamental unity principles put into action through real-life scenarios from people like you. Call in with your questions and spiritual challenges and let Paul take you on a journey of profound personal understanding and transformation. That's Metaphysical Romp with Reverend Paul Hasselbeck every Tuesday at noon Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern, right here on Unity FM. The Voice of an Awakening World Repeat the words, God is taking care of it and it will become clear that you are the channel and that God is the doer of good works through you.
1: This meditative moment, adapted from Mary Cupferly's God Will See You Through, is brought to you by Unity. Does music open your heart and bring you peace and joy? Experience the sacredness of sound with Ramdesh Kaur as we travel the world of mantra, kundalini yoga, and devotional music. Join us for a journey into spirit, Thursdays at 4 p.m. Central, 5 p.m. Eastern on Spirit Voyage Radio with Ramdesh, only on Unity Online Radio. The voice of an awakening world.